0: Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and AARP Utah, a nonpartisan social change organization with a membership helping people 50 and over improve their lives by providing materials, programs, and advocacy on key issues. More information is available at aarp.org and by USU Human Resources. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. The title of a
1: recent rally at the state capitol happened on Saturday. Aptly describes the feelings of many Utahns. Clean air, no excuses. We're going to open the phones and email to you today to tell us what your experience has been with this bad air, and how do we solve the problem, and what to do in the meantime. I have been seeing more people with face masks, for example, and hearing anecdotally, at least, uh, more people who are leaving uh, Utah, at least for the winter. And uh, some people who are getting sick who weren't getting sick before with this uh, bad air. Uh, Certainly, if you look at the polls, Utahns are very concerned. We'll be talking uh, in the program with Carl Ingwell, who organized that rally at the state capitol and with members of the newly formed Clean Air Caucus of the Utah Legislature. We'll be talking with Representatives Ed Red and Patrice Arendt. The number to respond to us is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. And you can email us to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. In five minutes, conversation with Carlingwell. We begin the program with this report from UPR's Jennifer Pemberton, who attended that rally on Saturday. Clean air, no excuses.
2: Utahns living in Cache Valley or along the Wasatch Front could still walk into work and complain about the air pollution and winter inversions, and their coworkers could still look at them funny and say, what inversion? What pollution?
3: We've really seen a fairly dramatic shift in the past you know, year to two years in terms of you know, how important air quality is to everybody. Entering into last year's legislative session, I believe we had, that's like two or three bills focused on air quality. And going into this session, you know, we've got at
4: least like 14 or 15.
2: Matt Pachenza from Heal, Utah, has helped create a roadmap for the more than 15 proposed bills that address air quality this legislative session. Not only is air quality on the lobbyists and lawmakers' radar, it's also come to a head with voters, who rallied on the steps of the Utah Capitol thousands strong on Saturday, wearing respirators and carrying signs indicating it's time for change and urging their elected officials to sign those changes into law. Brian Mensch from Utah Physicians for a Healthy Environment is one of the organizers of the rally.
1: This is your state. What goes on in the building behind us is your government. The air that you breathe is largely what you make of it, either by ignoring it, making it worse by neglect, or by fighting to make it better.
2: He's predicting that the Clean Air No Excuses rally will signal a watershed moment in Utah's fight for clean air. It's kind of the handoff from the activists to the state's government. We
5: cannot breathe oh,
2: Folk singer Tom Bennett wrote the song, Governor We Cannot Breathe, specifically for the rally, even though the organizers did not expect Governor Herbert to attend. Uh, this just
0: this, this the bulletin Governor Herbert did not make. It.
2: <laughs> but some lawmakers, like Salt Lake City Representative Patrice Arendt, who co chairs the bipartisan Clean Air Caucus, aren't afraid to be associated with the protesters. It is-
4: for the legislature this year this year to take meaningful action to pass laws that will make
2: a difference to clean up our air. Aaron is the sponsor of some of those bills, including HB 38, which would create a sustainability director position for the state. Other proposed bills address wood-burning stoves, industry regulation, public transportation incentives, and one left over from last year's session, which revises a law that says the state cannot have tougher regulations than the EPA. So
4: that we can address
6: Utah problems with Utah Solutions.
2: Representative Jill Briscoe also got up to the podium, encouraging voters to do their part to get the clean air bills passed into law.
1: Will you contact your member of the Utah State Senate and tell them to vote for the clean air bills in the legislature this year? Will you contact your member of the Utah House of Representatives and tell them to vote for the 15 clean air bills this year? Well, you contact the governor's office and tell them to sign those bills.
2: Salt Lake City Mayor Ralph Becker asked for something similar from voters.
1: Work with our legislators. Be firm, be specific, but be respectful and be civil. We're fed up with this gunk in our air, but the goal is to make real change.
2: The issue of air pollution in Utah is being tackled in a number of different ways from a number of different angles. There are educational campaigns directed towards people making voluntary changes to their habits, like driving less or reducing energy consumption at home. There are court battles that challenge big industrial polluters like Utah's refineries and incinerators. There are petitions to sign and rallies to attend.
3: You know, there's a, a whole bunch of ways to sort of, you know, eat this apple.
2: Matt Pacenza suggests that if you're interested in following the air quality bills as they make their way through the legislation process, find a group or a resource that can help you navigate the committees and hearings and floor votes that make up the next 45 days. The 2014 general session of the Utah legislature starts on Monday, and over the next month and a half we'll see whether clean air in Utah will remain the chant of protesters or if the state government will pass some of the laws that will address their demands. air no At the state capitol in Salt Lake City, I'm Jennifer Pemberton for Utah Public Radio.
1: Thanks for that, Jennifer. Jennifer attended the uh, Clean Air rally on Saturday. And uh, later in the program, we're going to be hearing from uh, members of the Clean Air Caucus. It's a new bipartisan caucus of the Utah legislature, Representative Ed Redd, who's also a medical doctor, and Patrice Arendt. We bring in now Carl Ingwell, who organized that uh, rally. Uh, Carl Ingwell, uh, welcome back to the program. Do do we have you, Mr. Ringwell? Hey,
6: sorry
3: about uh, that. I uh, sorry about that. I had my phone on mute because I was just listening along to the last minute. Good morning. How are you doing? Good,
1: good morning. Good to have you with us. Uh, yeah, thank you. So, so I, I believe we talked to you about this time last year. You uh, you organized a rally last year. I wonder what the what the differences are between last year and this. It seems to me there's uh, maybe a greater sense of urgency from from people this year.
3: Uh, yeah, there's a greater sense of urgency. There's a, you know, I really feel that there's a paradigm shift here along the Wasatch Front. Uh, a lot of people are, are really starting to care about clean air. And, you know, that's not to say that people didn't last year, but it's it's been two years of of uh, just kind of bad air. We, we started pretty bad pretty early this year. And uh, people are still amped up from last year. It carried over into this year, and it's just kind of intensified, and... And uh, what we had this year is what what everyone saw on Saturday.
1: Uh, so uh, quite a few people there. Do you, do you have a count of uh, or an estimate of how many attended the rally? Yeah,
3: I'm I'm kind of bad at looking at a crowd of people and mm-hmm. saying, oh, that's this many people. You know, all the uh, all the news outlets reported anywhere from four to five thousand people.
1: Yeah, that's that's quite a few quite a few people. Uh, what kinds of people? You families, kids. Uh, Moms, what sorts of people were there?
3: Uh, I mean, you name it, they were there. Um, I, you know, I looked out. I was up on the stairs, obviously, but uh, looking down, there were young people, old people, uh, you know, teenagers, men, women of all different backgrounds. Uh, I, you know, looking out, I, I think we had a, a pretty uh, representative crowd that that really kind of uh, was a snapshot of what Utah looks like as a whole.
1: And what are you asking for? What where are you directing your your efforts? Legislature, executive branch, EPA, all of that, what where are you you directing your 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 demands, your what what you're asking for?
3: Yeah, I think um well, all of that is the short answer. Um, what we were doing on Saturday is asking the legislature for for some help in cleaning up our air. Um, we've been asking them this for a while and we're really asking seriously this year um, you know there are some things that the legislature can do um, kind of clean air friendly legislation uh, such as the one that you mentioned earlier about letting utah make laws that are more strict than the epa guidelines that would really help us out here along the wasatch front and um, you know we we held this rally two days before the the legislative session to kind of call attention to the fact that the session was coming up and this is what we're asking for. So these 14, 15 air quality bills, they're going to be discussed during the session. We want our legislature to, you know, vote for those.
1: You say uh, this year you're really asking seriously uh, if it looks like legislatures not acting on these with more rallies. What, what would you do?
3: Well, during the legislative session, we're we're going to be very involved. The different air quality groups in Utah, between Utah Physicians for a Healthy Environment, Utah Moms for Clean Air, Clean Air Now, uh, we're really going to pay be paying attention to what goes on during the session, and um, you know we'll call people to action as as needed. And you know if it if it looks like a, a bill is not going to pass that we want it to pass, or if, if it looks like you know someone's not voting that the way that we're wanting them to vote, then we're going to get a hold of that person's constituents and, and say, you know, you really need to give this guy a call. Yeah. Uh, if you want this guy voting for clean air, uh, he's not doing it, so why don't you give him a call or why don't you shoot him 100 emails and, and see if he changes his tune a little bit.
1: Are This is a new development, this uh, Clean Air Caucus, bipartisan group. Does that give you some hope?
3: Yeah, yeah, it does a little bit. Um, you know, clean air really isn't a it. It doesn't have a political party. I've always said that. Um, so, so it's good to see people from from both sides of the aisle, all sides of the aisle, I guess, um, working on an issue that's important to all Utahns, whether it's it's Democratic or Republican. Hmm.
1: Uh, by the way, the uh, uh, two ways to reach us here today, we'd love to hear your story. How are you dealing? How is this affecting you, this bad this air? It seems like it's affecting more and more people. Uh, I've been talking to some people who didn't have a problem before with, with, with the bad air, the pollution, and are now developing some problems. Other people, um, <clears throat> just if they can, they'd, they'd leave. Um, there are some professors I know here at Utah State University who just get out of, out of town for a uh, for winter semester, spring semester. Um, but, of course, the rest of us are, are stuck here, And so what can we do in the meantime and how to effect um, change? And these are all questions we're posing to you. Love to get your perspective. The number is 1-800-826-1495, one 826 1495 You can join us at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com as well. And we have with us Carl Ingwell, who organized the uh, Clean Air No Excuses rally. Uh, Carl, where can people find more information? I think you have a Facebook page. And where else to find information?
3: Yeah, so so far, uh, right now, it's just a Facebook page. I'm looking to put up uh, at the rally on Saturday. I I released our our legislative grading system. Uh, We gave we gave all the uh, representatives and, and senators a, a letter grade based on how they voted over the f- past few years on air quality bills. And uh, we're looking to we're looking to put that up sometime tonight and get that going. So uh, stay tuned for that, I guess. Um, you can find any information about that or any new website that we might put up on our Facebook page, which is just uh, facebook.com backslash groups backslash U-T- Ut, clean air now.
1: All right. By the way, uh, how did you get involved in, in this issue? Have, have you been affected by by this air pollution? What uh, what, what got you involved? Fired up?
3: You know, I, I I hate to I personally hate to kind of attribute any sort of sickness or anything I have to the, the air quality because I you know I. I've been sick three times this winter, but I don't like to say, oh, it's because of the air quality. I just, I worry that, you know, maybe it's not. I It was last year, I I was just sitting around and I'm I'm scrolling through Facebook and, you know, listening to my friends talking and, and they're all complaining about, you know, how the air is and that they can taste it and chew it and this and that. And I said, well, what if we took all these complaints and what if we directed them at someone that can actually make a change, you know, I, I can't do anything about this. Um, so, so I just kind of funneled everyone's energy into this this event that we did last year, and, and rather than, you know, spending time online complaining about it, we actually talked to the right people and said, you know, this is how we're feeling, this is what we want. hmm
1: Uh, And I'll ask you to to tell me a few stories of people maybe you've talked to the rally and and, and beyond. I want to get this email in from Charles Ashurst, who uh, lives in the Logan area. Uh, He says, reducing the air pollution in Cache Valley will require a thousand small remedies. One small remedy... Uh, are the newly available plug-in hybrid vehicles. We purchased a Ford model recently. I've been just thrilled with it. And, of course, lest your plug-in hybrid merely substitute local air pollution for power plant air pollution, encourage your local electric utility to select clean, renewable energy sources, and also consider putting up some solar panels on your home and business. And I believe Charles and his uh, wife have solar panels on their house. Um, so, Carl, what, what do you think of that?
3: Uh, I think that's great. Um, you know, it, anything you can do to to kind of cut down air pollution. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people I talk to don't have the luxury of of purchasing an electric hybrid or solar panels because, let's face it, those things are really expensive. Um, so I, I'd like to see some legislation uh, go into effect where people would be subsidized for buying such things, um, especially here on the, along the Wasatch Front. Um, I don't know about the, the, um, where you all get your power up in Logan. Um, our power is generated mostly outside of the, the um, Salt Lake Airshed. So power generation doesn't really have a huge effect on, on air quality here along the Wasatch
1: Front. We uh, do have a caller. We'll go to uh, Caroline. Caroline, welcome to the program. Glad you called.
6: Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I just thought I should mention that I um, I've been living in Utah for probably about a month. I moved here from New England, and ever since I landed, I developed this cough that never goes away. It's, every morning, I wake up with like a choking cough, and I. I, the only thing I can attribute it to is uh, the pollution, in which I didn't even know was as bad as it was until I got here. But um, I also wanted to mention that I noticed that there's a lot of things that people just don't really do here that they do back in New England. Like recycling is a much bigger thing. Um, you, you know, it's it's very easy to recycle as supposed to here, you have to find a place to recycle, which really deters any efforts to do so and um is there a
1: reason for that or is that in <laughs> uh well, let's let's ask carl and and by the way we're, we bring in now uh ed red who's uh, a representative republican from the logan area and uh, and a medical doctor so you maybe could respond to your 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 cough as well uh first uh carling well what what's your feelings on recycling first
3: well, yeah, we're kind of switching topics a little bit here. Um we we have again, I'm I'm along the Wasatch front here. I'm in Salt Lake City. Uh we, we have our blue cans that we throw all all our recyclables into. Uh we we don't we can't recycle glass here in Salt Lake, but we can recycle um uh, you know, aluminum, tin, all paper, cardboard, all the other stuff. Um you know, I, I would just suggest that that, that might be something to, to work with your local city council on. And if, if there's not recycling up there, well, let's go change that. Um, you know, start writing some people. See, see what you can make happen.
1: Uh, Dr. Rudd, welcome to the program.
3: Hey,
5: thank you.
1: Uh, Ed Rudd, medical doctor, as I mentioned, and uh, Republican representative in the legislature from, uh, from Logan. Uh, Dr. Red, we'll get t- talking about the Clean Air Caucus and some other issues a little bit later. We'll be joined a little bit later, of course, uh, uh, as well by Representative Patrice Arendt. I wonder, are, are you seeing uh, more health effects from the – I'm seeing anecdotally, and I'm no doctor, but <laughs> friends who are telling me, boy, I'm, I'm just be, r- really being affected by this. And Caroline, our caller, it seems like she's been affected since she moved from New England.
5: Yeah, so there there are certainly some individuals who have, you know, uh, increased sensitivity and, and ir- ir- irritation in their airways from, you know, from PM 2.5, you know, air pollution during the wintertime inversions. Uh, some people don't seem to be affected by it quite as much, at least as far as symptoms are concerned, and other people are are quite sensitive and have to use, you know, inhalers for, you know, flare-ups of their asthma and that sort of thing. And that's, that's been well uh, documented in, you know, numerous, you know, scientific studies, um, I mean, I think you know. I think the important thing is, is you know, during inversions, you know, air quality outdoors, you know, can be a problem. And people who have symptoms with this is certainly you know limit through outdoor exposure. Indoor air quality is you know has is, is been shown in, in 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 many cases to be better than outdoor air quality. Uh, you know, I mean, there are certainly individual circumstances where that may not may not, may not be the case, but but uh, because of the temperature in the indoors and the temperature dependency of our PM. In, in northern Utah, it's, you know, indoor air quality PM tends to be, you know, lower. The levels tend to be quite a bit lower than they are outdoors. So basically, you know, avoid excessive amount of outdoor exposure and, and exertion, that sort of thing. Uh, and, the, uh, and and then people who are sensitive, you know, they can't have these kinds of symptoms, you know, kind of a, a, a hacky cough or difficulty breathing or a flare-up of their asthma. Um,
1: thanks, Caroline, for the call. Appreciate it. Uh,
5: Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say that there are a lot of
6: people who, you know, particularly my area, who also they don't have a choice to not be outdoors. My job is outdoors, um, so like, what do we do in the meantime?
1: Yeah, that's 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 tough, and the, I guess on <laughs> on bad air bad air pollution days, that's it makes it even tougher.
5: Yeah. Yeah I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure there's I'm not sure there's a really great solution. You know, some people have advocated using you know uh, uh, N95 masks and that sort of thing, and and, uh, and, and uh, that, that may help. It's something worth trying, I suppose, if you have to be outdoors. But there's not a lot of really good data on whether that's effective in our airshed.
1: Uh, and I do have a question. Um, I got an email. I want to get into, Doctor, but I do have a question later in the program on air masks. We we've had a couple of inquiries here at the station. What, what kind of air mask to get? And I'm seeing more people wearing them, so we'll, we'll ask you about that. Um, the number to, uh, to reach us is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826, uh, 1-800-826-1495. You can reach us by email as well to upraxcess at gmail.com, at gmail.com. We're talking with Carl Ingwell, who organized this rally drew thousands of people to the state capitol on Saturday they're going to be keeping an eye on the legislature We have the new clean air caucus dr. red is a member of that Patrice Errant uh, representative from Salt Lake City area will be joining us as well and uh, representative Verrant I believe you are with us welcome to the program.
4: thank you very much uh,
1: let me d- let me direct this uh, next email uh, to Carl and I understand Carl you need to get going here pretty quick. This is an interesting uh, question talking about uh, each person's individual responsibility. This is from Becky and Logan. I understand that we need to make better decisions about our habits and what responsibility each individual has in contributing to the bad air. But I do wonder, as I look at video footage of those who attended the recent rally, how many of them drive to work every day without carpooling? How many take their children to school, take their children to extracurricular activities through the winter because we want them to taking be taking gymnastics, basketball, piano, etc., run to the store one more time because you forgot something you just have to have. Are those at the rally really doing all they can before they try to force the rest of the state to abide by rules that become laws? Um, interesting question. Carl, what's your re- reaction to that?
3: Well, first of all, I just want to say that I hate that straw man argument. And uh, second of all, you know, there there was a poll a while ago uh, that Envision Utah did, and, and they found that 99% of all Utahns, uh, well, 99% of the Utahns that they polled anyway, would, would do something to improve air quality now, what we need to do that is the infrastructure to be able to get out of our cars and and get from place to place effectively so so we can do that it's It's not as simple as just saying, "Oh, you know I'm not going to drive tomorrow. There are a lot of things that you have to do to be able to not drive tomorrow and those those kind of dominoes just haven't fallen in place yet, and i I think that you know some of the different legislation that's being proposed, like the increase in sales tax to fund mass transit, um, different different things like that might help us be able to get out of our cars a little bit more. But but to say that you know we're all hypocrites for driving here and driving there and asking for clean air at the same time—it's it, unfortunately to me it's not true. I'm I'm blessed in that I live right next to the tracks, and the tracks takes me you know, 99% of the places I need to get. But, you know, people in Salt Lake in the southeast part of the valley, the southwest part of the valley, they don't have that luxury yet, And so we we need to give them that option so they can actually make the choice instead of being forced to drive every day.
1: Let me follow up. Um, By hook or by crook, uh, legislated or not, aren't we all, or a significant, significant portion of us, going to have to make lifestyle changes? To, to tackle the, the you know the air pollution problem
3: well yeah i i mean yeah, we will um you know not not just not just through our automobiles but through our homes and and you know that what we purchase and you know there are there are a lot of things that we could do to kind of improve air quality and you know i I'm suggesting uh taking small steps now um and and just kind of building up into the bigger steps. And as, as we're more and more able to, to take those bigger steps, you know, with however that might look, you know, um, an improved mass transit system or the way that our cities are built or, the you know, what our employment looks like in the future, as, as we're more and more able to take those bigger steps, I, I say incorporate those into your personal lifestyles. It's hard. I'm not going to say that this isn't going to be hard, um, but it's, it's something we can do if everyone cares about it as much as they say they do, then um, you know, let's start making those changes now, do what we can do, and then as more options become available, let's start making those choices as well.
1: We're talking with Carl Ingwell, who organized this rally, Clean Air, No Excuses, through thousands of people to the state capitol uh, on Saturday. And uh, I think I was mistaken, Carl. You can stay with us for another 10 minutes or so.
3: Yeah, I just I have to leave at uh, 945, so oh, as, long okay, as, okay. as long as I'm wrapped
1: up. By uh, then, all right. And, and we have with us uh, Dr. Ed Redd, a representative from the uh, Logan area, who's a member of the Clean Air Caucus at the Utah Legislature. Patrice Arendt is uh, also with the Clean Air Caucus a Democratic representative from the Salt Lake City area. We're going to take a brief break now. When we come back, we'll begin with Representative Arendt talk uh, begin talking in depth about the Clean Air Caucus and uh, why it was formed and some of the bills that are before the legislature, some 15 or so, dealing with air quality. More following the break. By the way, we'd love to get your experiences with air pollution. We've heard from uh, Caroline and a few others uh, today. And uh, what's the solution? What do we do? I think we, we kind of feel stuck. That's maybe some of the impetus behind uh, why somebody showed up at that uh, clean air rally on uh, Saturday. How do you live with the clean air or the or the uh, bad air in the meantime? The number is 1-800-826-1495. You can email us to upraccess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. More following the break.
0: Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and AARP Utah, a nonpartisan social change organization with a membership helping people 50 and over improve their lives by providing materials, programs, and advocacy on key issues. More information is available at aarp.org and by USU Human Resources. The Be Well Moment is made possible by the USU Department of Human Resources Wellness Program at USU.edu HR.
7: Stress is what you feel when you have to handle more than you are used to. When you are stressed, your body responds as though you are in danger. It makes hormones that speed up your heart, make you breathe faster, and give you a burst of energy. This is called the fight or flight stress response. Stress is normal, but if it happens too often or lasts too long, it can have bad effects. It can be linked to headaches, upset stomach, back pain, and trouble sleeping. It can weaken your immune system, making it harder to fight off disease. You probably can't delete all stress from your life, but you can get better at managing your stress. Start a stress journal, ask for help when you need it, do some deep breathing exercises, and get some exercise. Find something that works for you and enjoy this life you've been given. This is Angela Helm for the Be Well program at Utah State University. Be well, Utah.
1: The title of a recent rally at the state capitol happened on Saturday aptly describes feelings of many Utahns. Clean air, no excuses. We have the phone lines open for you, email as well to uh, respond. What has your experience been with this air pollution? Uh, especially bad on, on some days uh, during this winter and, of course, uh, the, the more recent uh, seasons as well. And there's some problems in the summertime as well. Uh, how do we solve this problem? What to do in the meantime? I've been seeing more people uh, wearing air masks, and uh, we're going to ask uh, Dr. Ed what kind of air mask to, uh, to uh, wear. Uh, we had a couple of questions specifically on that. We'd love to get your perspective. What's your experience been, and what are your uh, suggestions? We're talking with rally organizer Carl Ingwell and with members of the newly formed Clean Air Caucus of the Utah Legislature, Representatives Patrice Arendt and Representative Ed Redd, who's also a medical doctor. The number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, and you can join us by email to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Representative Arendt, um, uh, you're uh, one of the co-chairs of this uh, Clean Air Caucus. Uh, tell us briefly what uh, what you're trying to accomplish here.
4: Well, we, we've worked with Clean Air Caucus at late in the last session because air quality is a very complicated issue, and we really needed to make sure that we better understood the issues and possible solutions. So. I asked some of my colleagues to serve as co-chairs. It is a politically and geographically diverse group of co-chairs, and we invited all members of the House to come to our meetings, and ultimately members of the Senate also wanted to join us. And we've had various presentations to help better educate ourselves on air quality issues. And of course, it's a very important issue to most of us at the legislature. We also had going on at the same time, and actually starting a year earlier, the Economic Development Task Force, which has been, uh, in part of their study, has been to study air quality issues and make recommendations over the last couple of years. So a couple of different things going on. And as a result of a lot of this work, we've got many proposals. You you mentioned there are 15. Actually, that list is growing, and I heard about another one just a few minutes ago. So there are a number of proposals, Uh, many of these bills aren't even drafted yet, to help take care of our air quality. There's not one silver bullet, um, but we need to start on this both for purposes of our own personal health, but for our economic health, because we know that there are employees that don't want to live in the state of Utah because of our bad air days.
1: And we have a couple of emails uh, coming in. We'll, g- we'll get right to those. I did promise, and I promised several. Well, a couple of people who've uh, one person who walked to, to our studios to ask this question, and asked that we ask it of somebody who might know. And that uh, deals with air masks, uh, face masks. Uh, and, and I've been seeing increasing number of people uh, trying to deal with air pollution that way. Uh, Doctor Red, uh, is there a way to find out what what kind of air mask will be effective?
5: Yeah, so there's different kinds of air masks. There's there's air masks that you can buy that are really cheap uh, to prevent large droplets from entering your airways. But but if you're going to use an air mask for particulate filtering, it's got to be an air mask called an N95 air mask. And and they have different, you know, they have to be fit tested. Number one to to be you know you know
0: really effective.
5: effective. You have to make sure the thing works. And number two, um, you know, the the particle sizes that they filter out are are, are down around the range of one micron, and some of our particulate is smaller than one micron. So I would say that, you know, if people want to use a face mask, or, or not a face mask, but an N95, you know, mask, they can certainly do that. But they need to understand that they may, that that may not completely protect them from the effects of you know of the particulate. So if they use it and they feel better, and they have fewer problems from a respiratory standpoint, that's great. But they need to understand that that they're not necessarily you know completely protected by wearing one. It may be helpful, but it's not one of those things where you can say absolutely you're protected by wearing this mask.
1: So N N ninety five has to
5: do with the particle size. The, the okay. sizes, you know, the sizes of some of our particulate are less than one micron, and some of the N ninety five masks, you know, aren't that effective when you get down below one micron.
1: Hmm. Uh, so just to follow up, N ninety five and get it fit tested, and, and just be aware that it may not get all of the.
5: The exactly. Okay. Yeah, and again, it's, just, it's really not dangerous to use one. It's not. It's not like it's a risk to use a, 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 you know one of these face masks. But it's just one of those things where you have to understand that it may not, if it's not fit tested, uh, it may not you know be a you know completely effective in protecting you from PM
1: 2.5. So somebody like Caroline, who works outdoors uh, and continues to have problems, it may benefit. Something like
5: this? It may, you know, if I had a cough and I, if I were in her situation, I certainly would give it a shot and see what happens. They they do degrade. They don't. I mean, they, you know, they don't last all day. You'd have to change. Uh, they, they get moisture, especially when you're working outdoors. They get moisture condensation on the inside of the mask, and that sometimes causes them to degrade over a period of you know an hour or two. And so sometimes you have to change them out. And that's that's the that's the thing I'm you know a little concerned about is, is if you just put one on and assume it's going to work all day long, uh, it, it may not because you know, the moisture condensation that happens in cold temperatures.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl, I know you have to be going here pretty soon. Uh, it was occurring to me as uh, we were talking about face masks. That just sort of underlines the problem, doesn't it? If we if we have to be talking about face masks when we're
3: well, when yeah, I yeah. I mean, it, it's completely unfortunate that in, instead of you know instead of spending an hour talking about uh, what we can do to uh, clean up the problem. or you know, just not pollute in the first place or reduce our emissions in the first place. so We don't have this problem, so we don't have to talk about face masks. And what, you know, what really bothers me is that someone like me has the luxury to go out and purchase a face mask, but there are a lot of people along the Wasatch Front that, that and, you know, I'm sure in Cache Valley and other areas as well, that just don't have that luxury, Um You know, they they can't afford, you know, even though we say, oh, well, an N95 mask is relatively inexpensive. Well, you know, $2 is a lot of money to some people. And a lot of people don't have that luxury to go out and spend $2 every time they need a new face mask. Mm -hmm. And so these people are literally uh, sucking in all this stuff that the people that can afford these face masks aren't.
1: Uh, finally, uh, to you, Carl, will let you go after this. Um, it, it, I imagine you've been looking at some of these bills, some 50, and it grows, it's beyond 15 now, uh, uh, bills at the legislature. Would you feel good about progress if, if all of those passed? Do you, you think that's a good list of bills?
3: Um, I I do. I, I want to see, um, you know, I've, I've been talking a lot to Senator Weiler about... Um, His ban on on medical waste incineration, I'd like to see that strengthened a lot. Um, Stericycle puts some of the nastiest of nastiest stuff into our air, Uh, dioxins and other just really kind of bad things that you don't want to breathe in. So I'd like to see an outright ban on medical waste incineration. And... uh, you know, Senator Weiler told me that Becky Edwards has a bill coming to outright ban medical waste incineration. That's one thing I'd like to see. Um, a, a good start would be the, the one that uh, would allow us to enact rules that are, are more strict than the EPA. We, we have a unique situation here, and kind of these blanket guidelines of the EPA just, just aren't cutting it here.
1: Oh, Carl Ingwell, organizer of the uh, Clean Air No Excuses rally, drew thousands of people to the state capitol. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, guys, for having me.
1: You bet. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you down the road. Uh, We are talking now with uh, members of the Clean Air Caucus at the Utah Legislature, Democratic Representative Patrice Arendt and uh, Republican Representative Ed Redd, who's also a medical doctor. And you're still welcome uh, to join us. We have another... uh, 15 minutes left in the program i'd love to get your experience what, what's your experience been with this air pollution what do you think should be done what do you think of some of these bills before the utah legislature a growing list of bills to tackle the air pollution problem and what to do in the meantime we unfortunately uh, have been talking about face masks that's something that uh, i've been hearing about here and uh, dr red has given us some uh, some guidelines on that, so some, that's some useful information. Uh, the number is 1-800-826-1495, 826 1495 or you can join us by email to upraxis at gmail.com.
4: And I need to interrupt because I could only be here for a few more minutes. Okay. producer only asked me to stay till 945, and that's unfortunately what I can only do.
1: Oh, Okay, go ahead. Uh, well,
4: I don't know if you have a question for me.
1: Y- yes, yes, I do. Um, uh, so, are are there bills that are higher priority for you here? What's uh, what's at the top of your list to tackle this problem, Representative? Irwin? You
4: know, I, I can't give you the top of the list because we still haven't seen all of the bills yet, and I think it's we need to once we have them all together, look at which ones are going to give us the most. Improvement—the most bang for the buck in terms of improving our air quality—all um, of them, I think, have a place in this. Uh, we have bills that have to do with transportation, getting you know more people on mass transit, creating a better infrastructure, and tax credits for electric vehicles. We have legislation to get our dirtiest school buses, most polluting cars, off the road. We have legislation on reducing wood smoke to give incentives to those homes. Those less than 200 homes that have their sole source as wood burning and some of them we may be able to convert to natural gas and also an education component for that bill and enforcement. We have um, concerns about making sure that our Division of Air Quality has the funding and research money necessary to do their job. Uh, we also have legislation to make sure that the largest employer in the State of Utah makes a much better effort to improve air quality. And that Uh, largest employer is the state of utah so there's and that's just a few of the bills to give you a sampling there there are many more that are out there and are being developed we're only in the second day of the session
1: finally representative uh, are are you hopeful what's your prediction that a lot of these are going to pass i'm
4: very hopeful i think uh certainly legislators understand the importance of this uh the public is very involved uh certainly the media has helped educate people and i I'm very optimistic that this bipartisan group of, legisl- uh, group of legislators are going to work together to pass some really meaningful legislation this session.
1: Thank you. Uh, appreciate you taking t- some time to be with us.
4: Thank you so much.
1: And we have been talking with uh, Representative Patrice Arendt, a Democrat from uh, Salt Lake City area. She's one of the co-chairs of the Clean Air Caucus, the Utah Legislature. Early in the program, we talked with Carl Ingwell. And uh, we are still talking with Dr. Ed Redd, who's a Republican representative from uh, Logan. The number to reach us is 1-800-826-1495. You can reach us by email to upraccess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. Love to get your perspective and your ideas of some solutions to this air pollution problem as well. Uh, Dr. Red, uh, here is a, a email that came in. I'll have you uh, respond to this. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've, uh, you're probably aware of a, of a bill dealing with um, wood-burning stoves. This is Daniel. He says, my wife and I just bought an older home near Logan. Before we moved in, we significantly increased the amount of insulation in the walls, and we plan on adding more to the attic in the near future. I'm worried about the bill that's being pushed about wood stoves. Uh, Does the government really have the right to tell us how to heat our home? What happens to those of us who don't have any other way to heat our homes? Are we just supposed to freeze? That's uh, Daniel, concerned about a a bill about wood burning stoves.
5: Sure, sure. Okay, so there's... That's I mean it's a good, good question uh, you know um, wood burning is really a problem in our airshed we have a really small amount of air during winter term inversions and, and we you know in Cache Valley for example we have you know 120,000 people living in between Preston and Logan areas we have 120,000 people living in a fairly small airshed and uh, you know we all contribute to that you know polluting that airshed during the inversions and with that stagnant air and and and, and our concern is not you know, we all contribute to it. The question is, is there ways that we can reduce the the amount of pollution we're putting into the air so we can keep the PM 2.5 levels down? It turns out that wood stoves in our airsheds probably contribute somewhere in the range of 5 to 10% of of, of the problem. Actually, that's not exactly true. Wood burning and food cooking, like, you know, Grilling hamburgers and, and you know burning food and things like that contributes about you know five to ten percent of the PM two point five that we that we uh, that, that we that we experience and and so that's kind of a that's kind of a a big uh, part of the puzzle. Part of the problem, I guess, is a better way to put it, and and so we're concerned about people using wood burning stoves, especially during inversions. If people want to use wood burning stoves during you know um, during you know snowstorms when there's wind blowing through the valley and there's there's lots of air circulation, you know I, I don't think we want to take away that that option, but I certainly think that when, when the inversion's on, uh, we don't have we only have a limited amount of air until the until the inversion blows out of the valley, and that's all we really have to, to, to live in, and if we if we foul that air with wood burning stove use, or excessive burning of food, or excessive grilling, or whatever whatever we're doing. You know, it, it, it basically causes health problems for other people. We all have to breathe the air. We don't have an option whether or not to breathe the air. So it's it's, it's an issue of, of of trying to maintain people's health and trying to de- you know decrease you know negative you know health outcomes in, in people's lives. And again, this does affect a lot of people. It's not just a few. So I think you know wood burning stoves. Really need to not be used during inversions. Uh, and especially if we can see the inversion's are gonna last for, you know, a week or two.
1: Of course somebody like Daniel that that, that would that's a hardship, you know, because they they have to heat their house. Well right? again
5: again I think, you know, one of the one of the bills we're looking at is, is possibly giving financial incentives for people with sole source heating where, where the only the only source of heat they have is their wood burning stove to, to actually convert their stove out and install a natural gas appliance, whether it's a natural gas freestanding stove in the living room or a furnace system or whatever it is, that's kind of what we're we're looking at because actually that kind of an investment... Uh, you know, brings you know, very significant improvements and reductions in PM 2.5 uh, over a 20-year period of time. So we, we, we pay the money once, uh, give, give somebody a financial incentive to do that. We pay the money once on you know, today, and we get 20 years of benefit out of it. So it's kind of one of those things we're seriously considering.
1: We're talking with uh, Representative Ed Red, uh, who's also a medical doctor. He represents Logan Area and is a member of the Clean Air Caucus. Uh, we're going to go um, for uh, to the top of the hour. Uh, but we do have uh, calls and emails stacked up. That's a wonderful thing, so we'll ask everyone to be uh, brief. We have, uh, I believe it's Betty on the phone line.
7: Yes, good morning. Uh, th- um, I live in Washington County, uh, just north of St. George, and believe me, we're having problems down here, too. Now, certainly, I would not try to compare us to the problems that are in northern Utah, and I, and I sympathize and feel really badly for people who have to go out and wear a, wear a a mask over their over their face. One thing I did want to bring up is that uh, your interview with Governor Herbert yesterday, he was asked about the um, burning of the medical waste. The company was going to move out of the Salt Lake area, I believe. Uh, he said that that he thought was the solution, and he also said that a lot of the demands that are being made by people um, in the rally and the caucus and all that are unrealistic. Um, I think that when he says unrealistic, I think he means anti-business, mm. and that really, really concerns me. Mm. And um, I think that uh, we, we have to realize, yes, every single person has got to make, try to make a difference themselves, but the huge industrial polluters, uh, even though they bring money to the state, they are killing people.
4: So. That's that's my comment.
1: Thanks, Betty. Uh, Glad you called. Glad you called. Thank you. Uh, Let me go to another uh, email, Representative uh, Red. Um, Sure. And and I do have several others stacked up, so we'll ask everyone to be brief. Uh, We live in – this is uh, Lawn. Lon says, we live in what is essentially a single-party state. Many of our elected officials seem to feel that their re-election is automatic, regardless of their actions, with no real fear of losing their office. They don't often seem to feel any obligation to listen to their constituents. Lately, they seem to be blatantly catering to our polluting industries, including recent approval of a massive expansion of the Holly refinery. All the pressure we can put on our legislators through calls and emails mean nothing if they believe they can coast to re-election regardless. I hope that the turnout in this recent rally helps convince our politicians that they're indeed at risk of losing their jobs if they don't listen to their constituents. That's Alon. I, I don't know if you have a comment to that, Dr. Redd.
5: Yeah, first off, um, that's I, I don't really feel at all that my re-election is... All guaranteed, um, you know. There's, there's as, as a representative, you have you know 45. At least I have 45,000 people that uh, could vote for me. Well, not exactly. I have 45,000 people in my, my district, but they're not all adults. But anyway, uh, there's there's a number of people that could vote for me and and uh, or vote for somebody else. And 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 I listen very carefully to what people have to say, you know, about you know issues. And and it's not it's not always black and white. There are certainly you know l- you know large differences in viewpoints on what people think is important and what they want to do about it certainly air quality I think is important to everybody how we how we improve air quality uh you know it's going to going to cause you know some heartache and difficulty for for some segments of, of people that vote for me so I, so I do listen to what people say I'm very careful to, to pay attention to what the general public uh, feels about issues and I try to represent them that's that's my job
1: this is an email from Shalane, and I'm glad we have a medical doctor with us, Dr. Redd. Uh, has repeated exposure to bad air over several years, she says. Has been, uh, been shown to increase an individual's susceptibility to respiratory ailments. I've noticed a significant increase in my respiratory issues this winter. I was up all night most of last week in a panic, trying to get a deep breath. I did try an air purifier. Do they really help? uh, Okay,
5: so I'm not sure exactly what the air purifier was, so I don't want to give an opinion on that. there There is a cumulative effect there 's two parts to air pollution we, we We talk about the the episodes during our wintertime inversion, and we realize that those can cause significant symptoms and, 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 and events, uh, not just respiratory symptoms but can you know, trigger heart attacks and strokes and cardiovascular events you know sudden death that sort of thing uh, and so the air pollution does have an acute effect, but it also has something that people i don 't think think as much about is the chronic effect of year round uh, exposure to lower levels of p m two point five in the you know twelve to fourteen range, for example, it, you know I think of it as a dose and how many how many particles we inhale per minute, and all that sort of thing, kind of like you know pills almost but and, and if you think about it that way, you realize that your dose adds up over a period of time, and there are long term consequences to chronic exposure to elevated and even you know lower levels of pm2.5 as far as you know re, you know increased incidence of heart disease increased incidence of lung cancer and, and pulmonary problems so so yeah i mean it's people who are exposed to pm2.5 all the time will eventually have a de- deterioration in their in their you know lung capacity and will have an increased you know, risk of you know heart disease and, and and that sort of thing as well as lung cancer so it is a big deal it's not it's not something that we should just ignore and just uh, you know pretend like it's not a problem
1: what 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 can Shalane do Oh, I'm sorry. What can Shalane do then? If uh, you know she's having perhaps well, again, a cumulative I, I would
5: make sure that you know she's got a good fil- indoor filter on her furnace if okay. she's running a furnace. You know, make sure that her air inside her house is as clean as it can be. Okay. And then I'd uh, probably go see a you know healthcare provider and try to get a diagnosis if she's having trouble breathing. She needs to get a diagnosis and treatment for what's causing her problem breathing. She may have, I mean, this may be an air quality issue. It could be something else. I don't know anything about her situation. She could have congestive heart failure or some other problem not related to her lungs. So it's, it's, I can't really tell her on the phone what to do. I think she's should
1: go see your physician. Okay. Yeah, so smart advice. Uh, this is from Linda responding to Caroline. Uh, she says, did Caroline say she's now living in this valley? I think referring to Cache Valley. Uh, and I believe, Linda, that Caroline w- is not in Cache Valley. Uh, if so, please let her know that we do have recycling bins. I'm surprised she was not told this. If she's living in an apartment that does not uh, have blue bins, she needs to call her landlord at Logan Environmental Department. Uh, thanks, Linda. And uh, we do have a, a good uh, recycling program in Cache Valley. Um, Here is, um, let's see, this is Anna. Um, She says, I love trail running and have athlete's asthma. I use an inhaler, but I still get very painful hacking cough when I run into pollution. I've started running with a mask on, and although I've uh, attracted some looks, I really noticed the difference in my ability to breathe. Exercise is so important to our health, and I hate to see people refraining from it because of air quality. The athletes for clean air movement has been really inspiring to me, and I'd like to encourage people to check out their site. So that's athletes for clean air. Uh, so there's the comment. Uh, here's a comment from um, John in Moab. Uh, he's addressing, I think, what uh, Carl said. That Carl was he said he was lucky that he lived near work. Uh, John says uh, some people can't or most people can't afford to live where they work, and unaffordable housing is also a contributing factor. So thanks for that uh, comment, uh, John. Here's Sharice uh, uh, this is Sharice Udell from Utah Moms for Clean Air. She says Utah Moms for Clean Air just researched a fact sheet on air masks and where to buy them. So to go to uh, Utah Moms for Clean Air to uh, to look at that. Another email from Sharice, Utah Moms for Clean Air has just researched oh, a fuller email and she gives the uh, the link. It's utahmomsforcleanair.org, or you can go to their uh, Facebook uh, page to get information on masks. And here is uh, Nolan. Uh, Nolan says, when I first came to Cache Valley seven years ago, I noticed there was a little, it was a little bit harder to breathe and suffered from migraines. I figured it was just due to the higher elevation. I heard about inversion air quality here and realized there might be something more to it. I was explained that the different political causes, methane from livestock, mountains, emission, etc., and that the bad air quality was just something everyone came to accept here. I came from Oregon and never experienced a red air or any other air quality rating. I was surprised when I didn't have to pass an emissions test to register my vehicle. I think emissions testing is one of the many steps in the right direction. Other things like mass transit or public transportation, which is free here, is something that should be taken advantage of. As far as how to combat poor air quality right now, I don't think there's really any one specific thing that would dramatically help. However, I think education regarding the issue at hand is the biggest step in the right direction for, that everyone can take and that and getting rid of the mindset i'm just one person there's nothing i can do thanks for that nolan uh... so many comments and uh... we i'm sure we'll have future programs on this appreciate those comments dr red just have a minute left um... what would you most like to see come out of the legislature this this session tackling this problem
5: you know i think i think um... i think a, 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 a general public understanding of the contribution of wood smoke to the problem and also the you know we're working on some you know some other issues we haven't had time to talk about uh, concerning tier tier three uh, fuel standards and, and and vehicle emission standards that are improved. But I think I think the, the general thing is there's some things that people can do individually as far as you know reducing their own con- contribution. Idling makes no sense financially. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think if your windshield's clear, you need to not idle your car. If your car's warmed up, don't idle it. It's just it degrades the function of the catalytic converter. so It doesn't work as well in reducing emissions, and it just weighs gasoline. So I would encourage people to avoid idling, uh, and I'd, I'd encourage people to, you know, to uh, you know, do, their, do as much as they can to, to trip chain and, and, and keep their, you know, use their cars wisely. I mean, I don't want people to necessarily stop driving. But I think they need to consider how they use their cars, and maybe if they can take public transit, if they can, you know, carpool, if they can trip chain, those kinds of things all make a difference. And, and I think each of us working on this together, I think we can have a, a you know, a, a measurable and good benefit on, on improving our air quality.
1: Okay, Representative Ed Red, uh, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. And I'm sure we'll treat this uh, subject in the future as well. Thanks for listening to Access Utah today.
0: Programming on Utah Public Radio was made possible in part by our members and Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread. At 300 South and 300 West in Logan, open Monday through Saturday until 3. Offering lunch items, including a three-cheese panini with a rosemary, orange, chutney, and cranberry jalapeno chicken salad. And Coligan Underwater of Cache Valley. Family owned and operated for more than 62 years providing Colligan bottled water, salt, delivery, or supped and conditioned water. Hey and Man, service from the Man in Blue, online at logan.colliganman.com. This is Utah Public Radio. KUSR HD1
1: 89.5 Logan, KUSK HD1 88.5 Vernal, KUSL HD1 89.3 Richfield, KUST HD1
0: 88.7 Moab, and KUSUFM HD1 91.5 Logan. You can also listen on KCEU 89.7 Price.